Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is December 17th, 2020. I am John Harrison, your host, and as a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives, the challenges that we face, and the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, aka discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. And we believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing in their faith and will help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So today, December 17th, I'm extremely excited about this guy to be on the show. Uh, gotten to know him the last few years and he is such a compliment to me. Uh, sometimes I just have no idea what I'm doing in the technology realm. This guy brings a wealth of knowledge and experience, so I can't wait to hear and also a little bit about his family. So without further ado, welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast, Mr. Stephen Truax. Stephen, great to have you, man. John, thanks for having me on here. Appreciate it. Yeah, and we were just laughing a minute ago because um, in 2020, we have all found out what the term virtual background means. Um, <laughs> all of us, no matter what your age, because my mom the other day was talking about it and we were laughing about, hey, we got to get our backgrounds right. So welcome, man. Happy to have you. Thank you. Yeah, I was saying I, I'm in my kid's playroom now, so um, it's a large room, but I had to clean up behind me because I didn't have the virtual background going. So there would have been a basketball hoop behind me, but I moved that off to the side here. So <laughs> that's awesome. Let's start with your kids, man. How many kids play in that room? Three. Um, three. So I have, yep, I have a, it would have been a four, three and two year old, but we just had a birthday. So it's a five, three and a two year old. So um, they keep us very busy. The first two are boys and then I have a little princess as well. Oh man, so. five, three, and two. Just a quiet time of life. Oh Probably yes. Not much going on. And yep. That's cool, man. Restful. <laughs> and you're married, I assume. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I've been married. This is this is the first test. Um, I've been married to Taylor since uh 2012. So we just celebrated eight years. Um, if my math checks out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we we just say, like you were saying, I'm a compliment to you in a very different way. Um, we, I feel like we're really good compliments to each other, just the way that our personalities and everything lines up. So um, mm, very blessed, married up, as I'm sure you'd say the same. So, Oh, absolutely. They say, <laughs> they say John, you outkicked your coverage. You know, obviously the football reference. I'm like, I'm, I'm playing a whole different game, man. Yep. Not even close. So Proverbs 31 wives that the Lord has blessed us with. Um, that's amazing, man. And I, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, opposite uh, skill sets, similar interests and identical values um, yep. is a way to have a one, one way to have a successful marriage. So that's great. Yep. Uh, tell us about yourself on the professional side. Sure. So as you know, you know, I work for Dominion programming voting machines. Um, <laughs> totally kidding. Um, I work with you at CBMC as a technology manager. Um, and my route to get here was kind of goofy because I was preordained to be an attorney by my parents. So um, uh, I've now I'm coming up on 10 years at CBMC and I've tried to walk away two times already. Um, the first time was in 2015 
um, where I went and visited Liberty Law School with my wife and her grandparents. And um, at that point in time, that was the move. I was going to get there and I was going to go and I was going to try to get a scholarship and attend law school, 2015. And um, if you can math it real quick, that's about five years ago and my oldest son is five. So that was the wrinkle um, <laughs> that got thrown in there. And so at that point, um, decided to stick around and keep doing what I was doing. Um, and then the second time was in 2017, um, when when we kind of had a changing of the guard at CBMC. You know, one of the people uh, obviously involved in that was was my dad, and and I'm sure we'll talk about you know just the, the Truax family is a little bit synonymous with CBMC. Um, so there's kind of a spiritual legacy that um, I'm trying to live up to uh, every day. But um, but yeah, at that point, it was kind of like, hey, I need to get the heck out of here, um, you know, that kind of thing. And I tried to, um, but it felt a little bit like, um, <laughs> it felt a little bit like Esther, you know, it felt like I was there for a time such as this. And so um, I've stuck around and, um, you know, a lot has happened in those past three years. And um, it's just been, it's been an amazing journey. It's a huge part of my testimony now um, to be able to say, you know, even in, in hard times, if you trust God, you know, there's, <laughs> you're going to come out on the other side. You can't not, but then along the way, you just have to kind of focus in on what's your attitude going to be and are you going to make the most of it? So that's kind of a, a quick hitter um, CBMC. But the only other thing to mention, John, is one of the coolest places I've ever worked um, is actually with the six time national champion New England Patriots um, in the stats booth. Um, so that was kind of that's probably my coolest experience. Obviously, it didn't it didn't translate into anything full time, but uh, that's just a, a really neat experience that I've been able to have. No kidding. Where's your Super Bowl rings? Yeah, nowhere. Yeah, you, no, <laughs> that's right. Cool, man. Yeah, we you know, I, I speak for a lot of us here at CBMC where we're just so grateful for you and the whole technology team. And especially for me, man, I come in with all this vision and these ideas and I can see things. And and then you're like, well, John, this has to be built this way and then you guys <laughs> figure it out so we won't we won't talk about that but you talked about like spiritual legacy and living up to that yeah um, that has to be somewhat overwhelming but i want to talk a little <laughs> bit about your spiritual journey so sure. what did that look like obviously with it sounds like generational spiritual legacy in your family what has your personal walk looked like yeah so it's a little bit it's one of those stories where um for a time i was really not embarrassed of my testimony but it, i was like it's so boring why would anyone want to hear it um, but anyone who can hear this and relate to this, if you've grown up in a Christian family and, and you know, your family has kind of that bedrock, then your story is one more of faithfulness. And my story is really one of having that, um, that foundation that I come back to, because I think, you know, most people when they're in their, their teens and then in, into your 20s, you're really searching and you have to make the decision at that point. Are you going to make this um, your own relationship or is it going to always just be something that your parents had and so that's kind of what my story's like there's not any of those big um, transformational uh paul on the road type of uh, moments but um really it's just a story of kind of checking out what's out there you know and coming back to what i knew to be true um, and then figuring out from there, okay, now how am I going to build on that? How am I going to live up to that legacy? And then, you know, as I start to have kids, how am I going to leave, um, continue that legacy? But then also, you know, what does that look like 
um, as far as having kids and what you're going to pass on and, and really just being under a microscope every day. So, um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, uh, the cliff's notes of, of, I mean, and I guess if you want to hear any more personal stuff, I can tell you where I'm from and all that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, I do. But, and then we're going to come back to what you just said, but yeah, I want to hear all that. Cool. So, um, I'm originally from central Massachusetts. You always say Boston to anyone who's not familiar with the little boot state because they don't have any idea of anything other than Boston. Maybe they've heard of Cape Cod and stuff like that, but Boston Harbor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's the area that I hail from. And I talked about a little bit about my family. Um, I'm the second of seven. Um, so it took my parents a long time to get their girl, um, and so, she, and then they had two more. Um, and so, you know, there's seven of us. So that, that's kind of a, it was always neat growing up that way. Um, having plenty of people to do sports, uh, to fight with, and then we were all homeschooled as well. So, um, you know, uh, my mom will be up for sainthood here soon, um, just for having survived that, uh, let alone maybe having some functional humans out there in, in the marketplace. So, Hallelujah. Um, yeah, so um, and it wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, you're homeschooled, you're totally sheltered. You know, we went and played sports at the high school and um, and that was kind of one of our first tests and our first mission ground, really, because it's a it's a very different environment going from um, being homeschooled to launching right into even even uh, public or private school. Just uh, the stuff that you uh, get exposed to real quick and in a hurry. So. And then I okay. guess the last thing um, is I'm super proud to be half Puerto Rican. Um, it's on my mom's side, and that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother podcast that we'll it get is, into. It is. It is. Yep. So, so you were in Central Mass, and then yep. move, now you're in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So what yeah. took place there? Yeah. So um, the first uh, person to migrate south was my older brother. Um, he met um, a girl. That's how it starts, man. Um, he met a girl, and so he they ended up uh, he ended up moving down to actually the uh, kind of the uh, bulldog territory UGA down there, um, and so he, that's where he ended up. And then that um, came about that there was this opportunity with CBMC, and so my dad ended up taking that, and that's a whole nother story too with lots of twists and turns. Um, but then the the family moved down um, to Chattanooga, which is of course where CBMC is headquartered. Um, and then eventually, a little while after that, I moved down as well. So um, it was just kind of a, <laughs> that's how we got here. And I, I think, you know, if you live in Massachusetts, it's, it's there, you're eventually moving to a Southern state. I feel like maybe Florida. <laughs> I was reading this morning and they're just getting dumped on right now. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to have a white Christmas, but um, Chattanooga, great area, uh, Tennessee, um, awesome state. And I want to just go back to this. You had talked about your boring testimony. And I hear this a lot as I get the opportunity to talk with guys. And I think we've almost, um, I think we've almost like put on a platform, this concept (laughs) or this idea of the Damascus road testimony, right? This massive transformation. And we all love going to these events in which we hear these testimonies of 180 degree turn. And you're right. They're more engaging. They're maybe more motivating or inspiring. Um, But I just want to encourage you in the fact and that, a boring testimony is so powerful because we we actually play down a lot, I think, in the Christian world that sin has consequences. Right. And so you think about a board, right? And you put nails into that board. You can pull those nails out. You can be redeemed and restored. But sometimes there's still going to be those holes in the board. Mm-hmm. 
and that's part of my testimony. I mean, when I get the opportunity to share, I get to share a lot about um, some of the, the wrong decisions I made. Right. You know, but there isn't a day that goes by sometimes when I'm not thinking about mistakes that I made. And so I just encourage you, I encourage anybody out there listening that yeah. that feels like they're in that boat that like, well, I just don't have this powerful, you know, this, this powerful shifting of behavior, attitude or action. But that's the most beautiful thing is yep. that you don't have to actually think back to a lot of that. But God uses all of it, right? God uses the mistakes that I made to be able to connect with people. And God uses similarly what you've been through. But I just encourage you to you know, not let that, that half truth or that deception of, Oh, you just have a boring testimony. Right. You're really not, a, you're really not a true follower. I just yep. renounced that. So that's, yeah, and it's not that's without true. struggle, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, there, you have to, to wrestle against things pretty mightily, but um, it takes all types and it takes, takes all kinds, just as we were talking about strengths earlier, you know, there's different stories and, and different people bring different things to the table um, depending on your experience. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I'm, I'm with you. So shifting to fatherhood, yep. um, congratulations, by the way, five, three, and two. <laughs> yep. um, there's a lot of guys. I was just hosting one of my young professional groups last night. I have, I think, eight or nine guys in there. And a um, couple of the guys' wives are pregnant. A couple of the guys have newborns. You know, And so a lot of the, the listeners of the show across the country are guys that either have young children or think about starting a family. Yep. What are a couple of things that you would look back <laughs> and say to a, a, a dad with you know just a couple young babies? What's some w words of wisdom coming from where you're at in your life? Oh, man. Um, well, for me, one of the things is... Uh, lean into your wife, you know, let her, uh, let her kind of lead and guide you on, especially like the, the being for me, being sensitive and being in tune to kids and their feelings and that kind of thing. You know, I'm terrible at that. Um, I just, you know, there's, there's a part of me that's, and this will, if you, if you do ask me anything about, you know, what I'm reading or anything like that, um, maybe I'll just cut you off at the past. So I'm reading a book called parenting. Um, let me get the full title here. So it's, it's, um, called, parenting um, 14 gospel principles that can radically change your family by Paul David Tripp. And you'll love this part. It was recommended to me by a guy named Eric in my YP group. Um, and yeah. so I guess just to tie that together to your question, one of the things that I'm wrestling with right now and trying to learn is that we don't own our kids. Um, we are stewarding our kids and it's mm -hmm. just like finances. It's just like anything else. Um, you know, you're as, and, and the, when you realize that you, it's a sweet release, but it's also an amazing, incredible responsibility at the same time, because, um, you, you, it lets you off the hook in a sense, because, you know, you don't have to, um, fit these little humans into your exact mold that you have in mind. But at the same point in time, you have a, a God ordained responsibility, um, to raise your children, right. And then you let God have the results. So, I mean, that was, that's one of the things that I've been wrestling with because, you know, in the context of my YP group, I brought up that that's one of my struggles is especially, you know, being all together in the house in 2020 and, and everything that's gone on, um, you know, patients can start to wear thin and it's like, why won't you just obey or just clean up or, or whatever? And I kind of came to a place where I'm like, all that stuff is for me. Like, I want my kids to be obedient because I want to look good. I want my house to be clean because I don't like a house that's not clean. And so, you know, just kind of you have to give up yourself is what has to happen. You can't be selfish. You have to be living for other people. So that's really how I would encapsulate it, man. Any advice that I have. <laughs> that's really, really good. Parenting 
said parenting 14 gospel principles that will yep. change your family or trans- radically change radically. your family. Yeah. I can't, can't forget. Don't forget one. radically. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's really cool, man. Um, so how about, you know, you're reading that obviously to grow as a father, is there anything yep. that you're reading in your spiritual life or your business life right now? So I hesitate to mention this, um, but one of my buddies um, recommended a, a book to me called think like a billionaire. And so I can't recommend it. At, I mean, the title's quite catchy and, and some of the things that I've just kind of cracked it, but um, I can't recommend it because I don't know what's in there. Um, but it's not a Christian book, obviously. I'm not too far into it, but um, one of the concepts uh, that I just stumbled across in the very beginning that I think is really applicable is um, the author suggests we have four bodies. Um, you know, we've got physical, spiritual, mental, um, and then you've, of course, got your emotional. So all four of those. And the the idea is that you have to exercise and take care of each. And I mean, if that's not a message for 2020, I don't know what is. Um, but just it definitely applies to <clears throat> to us as Christian guys, because you you can't ignore any of those um, because you'll be shortchanging yourself. So. Um, I, like I said, I can't recommend the book, but there's at least one principle that I've gleaned at the very beginning there. I don't know what all else is in there. <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's, but the key word that you said is that you must exercise all of them. I hate exercise. <laughs> um, I mean, I love it. You know, it's one of those things where like, you never you feel good you, after. Yeah. You're never mad that you did it, but <laughs> I just dread going to do it. The starting is the hardest for me, but you said physical emotional, spiritual, and mental. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good, but you must exercise all of them. I think it's so easy for us to only, you know, think of physical exercise, Yep. um, mental exercise, you know, emotional exercise, but spiritual exercise. Um, Speaking of spiritual exercise, I want to talk a little bit about disciplines. Like where's one area where you're like, man, I'm just dialed in on this spiritual discipline and it's been super (laughs) transformational for me. And it's okay to give yourself a pat on the back. Okay. Well, so <clears throat> I think I'm starting to come around on on just the and and we talked about those different spheres. Well, they correlate too. Um, I think I'm starting to come around a little bit. And um, if my wife ever watches this, she'll she'll hear these kudos. But um, you know, one of the things that I am really into is working out physically, and it's always a challenge to kind of find what's the best time slot for that. And so for me, historically, it's always been um, at night. And so, you know, but what ends up happening is that cuts into time to do other things like hang out with your wife, you know, any type of relaxing reading, whatever the heck it's going to be. And so just by shifting that to the morning, what I've done here recently, it sets the tone for the whole day. So, you know, my, yeah, some days you're going to be tired, you're going to have a headache and you you can skip at that point, give yourself a little grace. But um, that's one of the things that it feeds into your spiritual life because now instead of you know trying to catch a few extra z's i'm out in my garage with my two boys the music that i'm playing is christian music because my boys are out there let's just be real on this show right um and so you know i'm clanging and banging and they're out there so i'm spending time with them and my mindset is one of um you know improving my physical body but right after that and along with that is Okay, I need to make sure that I'm also getting in tune spiritually and setting the tone for the day. So that's that's one of the things that I think um, <laughs> has been really good for me here lately. And then I've hinted at some other things, of course, as we've been talking. But 
just trying to work on <laughs> on on my patience and things like that and i'm not there um but i'm definitely feeling like hey this could be a good groove for me so if anyone's thinking about that one i would encourage you there too that sometimes just if you can get up and you can have your um your way that you set the tone for the day i mean it feeds into all those different aspects mm -hmm. that's so good and i think about you know as human beings we're so permeable and so, you know, what we listen to or what we watch, yep. we may we may think it's not really affecting us. But in reality, I think that really plays into Romans 12, too, when it talks about do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yep. And I think there are certain activities that actually renew our mind, both consciously and subconsciously. And I think even the fact that you're, you know, that's what's entering your your you know, being during that mm -hmm. time. That's so good. But I love that. I love that. A guy named uh, Steve Farrar wrote a book called Point Man. Um, it's a great book, but he talks about quality time. And yeah. he says all parents, what they really want is quality time with their children. But yep. he said what people fail to understand is that quality time is simply a direct result of quantity time. Mm. And so the only way that you're actually going to get that quality time that you're after is by having a quantity time. And so even those little things, they might not seem like, oh, I'm I'm getting dedicated quality time with my kids, right? But it's just this quantity time is going to result. So I just want to affirm you in that, man. That's so cool that you've rearranged that. And then also prioritized your marriage because in seasons of life that we find ourselves in, we're going to have different responsibilities, different roles. And you would probably still like to work out at night. There's probably something nice about, you know, working out right before you go to bed, but now you're making yeah, time for it's tough. Wife. I'm not a morning person. So, you know, you have to kind of take that part of yourself and say, okay, well, and, and figuring out your wife's love language too. I'm sure this has come up on your show as you've talked to guys, but hers is, is quality time, time spent. So, um, and, and she defines that, not me. So I'll mm -hmm. just give her the time and then we'll, we'll figure out a way how to make it quality time. So, yeah, um, so when you figure that one out, um, you know, and, and mine's different. So, you know, you just have to kind of be in tune with that. Yeah. That's so good. That is, yeah, that's right. That's, it's like one of the basics, right? The way we yeah. give love is not how we receive love and how exactly. someone else receives love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag marriage. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you're a technology guy. I love that about you. And we have a lot of guys on this show that are entrepreneurs building their own businesses. And obviously as millennials, age 23 to 39, we've been brought up with technology. Yep. Um, you have the opportunity to be part of the team that's leading our technology efforts. Um, but when you look at technology as a whole, I mean, just across businesses, across organizations, and sure. maybe let's focus kind of on that small business, 100 employee or less, you know, you know, 10 million and less in revenue. What are some thoughts kind of from a technology standpoint that you see? What are some just like suggestions you would give to guys that are entrepreneurs around like, hey, from a technology standpoint, make sure you're doing a few of these key things? Cool. I love that question. Um, I think really one of the things that I would say is um, <laughs> data is really important. Um, if you know um, something about, because everybody's got a customer, right? So the more that you can know about your customer, and I don't mean this in a creepy way, um, but the more that you can know about your customer, um, the better off you'll be able to meet them where they're at. So, um, you know, and you know, these conversations, even at CBMC, we want to connect with um, young professionals. We want to connect with um, guys in business and we want to meet them wh where they're at um, and we want to exactly give them, you know, what they're looking for. Um, and I would say, I would say the tool is not a lot of times people in technology get so wrapped up in the tools and I'm guilty of this myself 
Um, and you don't want to ever pursue technology just for technology's sake. It's got to be something that feeds the business. So um, those are some things that I would just quickly offhand say, but seriously, data is super important. Um, and, and more so than even having the data is being able to um, get it into a format where it informs your decisions. So, um, so that you're actually leveraging, because if you're just capturing information all the time, um, but you never do anything with it, um, it's basically just an untapped resource at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I heard you say one time a couple months ago, and it just came came back to me. I love that <laughs> you came on. You said data is the new oil, and that's true. I mean, it's it's well, I mean, to some regard, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I can't put data into my car, but um, it's true. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not Elon yet. will get you there. Not yet. Uh, <clears throat> but I think you know you, you you talk about capturing data, but mm-hmm. you bring up a great point there. But how do you take data? and then turn it into actionable insight. Right. You know, so it's, it, it, you know, there's a process there, capture the data, but then actually have actionable insight that can then further the mission of whatever your organization is. Yeah, um, that's great. Absolutely. So here at uh, the Young Christian Business Guy powered by CBMC, we believe in the power of discipleship and the power of peer groups. Um, so learning what it means to follow Jesus uh, from another man. And then we also believe in surrounding yourself with others who are growing in their faith to help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. Um, talk a little bit about your experience with either discipleship or peer groups and the impact that it's had in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if anybody's watching this that's been around CBMC for a while, you know, I first went through um, the Operation Timothy tool, um, which is really just a mentoring tool. Um, and I think I went through those books back when they were like the 1995 or 98 versions. Um, and so, so that was kind of, and that was with my dad. Um, but even since then, you know, utilizing that tool or utilizing no tool whatsoever, um, I can remember many times um, where even my friend Ken Shardell has just walked alongside me in situations um, and been there. We've gone to lunch or, or whatever. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a structured discipleship. Um, I'm your mentor. You're my mentee type of deal. Although those are super important. But in the same way, just having somebody who walks alongside you, who's older, wiser, more experienced, or even the same age, but wiser and more experienced or different, differently experienced, um, that's been super key for me. Um, just I can think back to, you know, different decisions that I've had to make in my life and just conversations um, where, and, and a lot of times your best mentors, John, are the ones who don't just say, you need to do this, that, and the other, because that will turn people off, especially our generation. Um, but the ones who can ask those good questions um, to get, you, you know, the answers to a lot of things, you know, deep down, um, a lot of times we have the answer we need. We, we either don't like it or we haven't thought of it yet. And so some of the best mentors I've ever met um, and what I strive to do is just ask those questions and say, well, <laughs> you know, oh, I never thought of it that way. So that's a that's super important. And I know that's really cliche to say, you know, get yourself some good mentors, but it's super important. And not only that, but build yourself up to get to the point where you can give back to not to don't just stay as as a leech who's always trying to learn from everybody and everything like that. But, you know, sometimes the best way to learn something is to teach it. So. Mm. But yeah, so that's on the discipleship side. But then, of course, on on the YP side, too, I mentioned that one of the guys in my group. Um, had mentioned a a book to me, but um, that for me has been a super good experience because it's like a, um, it's like a recharging. It's like a recalibration, you know, whenever we meet Um, because 
just like iron sharpens iron, you know, you get into the slog of life and you're just, I mean, for me, I tend to just get into survival mode. <laughs> and so stuff like getting together with my YP group, even though it's been virtual for me, it just reminds me, you know, that there are other people who are doing similar things and, you know, how are they, how are they making it and how can I help them? And so I just think that there's so much value to that because the alternative is you go it alone you get to the end of your strength and you burn out. Mm, that's right. It's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 talks a lot about that. Do not be, get in the habit of, of giving up meeting with each other as or, you know, don't get, don't give up meeting with each other as some are in the habit of doing right. But, but mutually encourage one another um, into love and good deeds, right? We need that. We need the Barnabas uh, guys in our life that are going to come yep. shoulder to shoulder and we can look at each other and go, man, I'm struggling with that too. You're not the only one. You know, yep. and I think when we get rid of the isolation in our lives, aka getting connected with those groups, it's so powerful what can take place. Um, yep. That's super good. So you can't put a price either, John, on the fact that, you know, at any moment um, and, and you know, you have to get to know the people that are in those groups and that kind of thing. But just to have brothers, whether they're literally your brother or not, um, you know, there are guys that I could just pick up the phone and call and say anything. And, you know, they would be there. And so you can't you can't put a price on that. If you could be, um, you know, just that genuine with someone um, and be able to walk through life like that. I mean, it's it's going to go a long way. It's going to go a very long way. <laughs> yeah, that's well said. That's well said. So, Stephen, uh, before we jump to our verse of the day today, um, I want to ask you. So you're, you know eight years into marriage, yep. you got three children. Um, I want you to think back to maybe five, six, seven years ago. Um, you're sitting across the table from your younger self. Oh boy. Uh, what's something that you, that you tell to the younger Stephen Truax? After I'm done hitting myself and uh, saying wise up. Um, no, I mean, I just, I've had to um, mature quite a bit. Um, and it's been, pretty much everything there's threads in everything I've said um, to you, but you know, I am constantly struggling with, with pride. And so pride has always gotten in the way um, for me and continues to um, just thinking that I knew, you know, everything when I knew very little. Um, and so I would, I would just basically shake my younger self and say, wake up, dude, you don't have all the answers. Um, you know, and, and, and here's, and, and, and here's, here's some things that are important that you should focus on. And I would have encouraged myself at that time to, you know, get into a rhythm with life to feed all these different areas that we've referenced, um, you know, surround myself with people who are going places as opposed to, you know, people who just want to hang out. I mean, there's room for both, but, um, <laughs> everyone knows that, uh, you are what you eat and you become like the people you hang out with. So, um, you know, that, that, that would probably be, be part of it. And just, I think I would probably say to, to focus in on, um, becoming a leader and what that looks like. Um, because one of the things that, um, just as I've worked and, and become a manager is, um, that people are, people are really important. And if you can help someone else, um, get to where they need to be, um, then that's really going to help you in the long run. And there's different principles, um, where, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, of principles you could unpack, but, um, one of the ones that, that, uh, I actually, I'll give a call out. I don't know if he'll ever see this, but, um, 
my brother's brother-in-law, so I don't know what that makes him to me, cousins, dogs, nephew, whatever, but um, he posted something on LinkedIn and, and I was like, yes. Um, he was talking about using a velvet brick. And so I, I had never heard that before. Apparently it's it's a concept in some circles, but velvet brick meaning, you know, you're saying things that are maybe tough and without the velvet, you would destroy somebody. Um, but just being able to be that transparent and and you have to first let people know you care. And then you have, and it's the same way with discipleship or mentorship or any of these things we're talking about. If someone knows that you care about them, that gives you the license to speak truth into their life. Um, and so that's just kind of something that I would probably have hit myself with that brick without the velvet. So a <laughs> couple super powerful things there, Stephen. I appreciate you sharing kind yeah, of looking man. back some of the wisdom that we learn. Um, so when we take a look at the um, verse of the day today, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, one of um, one of my all-time favorite verses. Um, it is something that I try to study and follow and learn because when we're demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit, it's a beautiful thing. So we'll, we'll yep. read Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So Stephen, what does this, uh, what do these verses mean to you? Well, there's a few things, but the first thing that I'd say is I love the fact that it's juxtaposed, I wanted to use that word, um, against, you know, some verses that come before it, which is the opposite of these things. And it starts out with, but the fruit of the spirit is, and for me, it's like, if I could just figure out these things that are listed here, you know, I would be firing on all cylinders. Most of us would be. Um, but what it really just serves as a reminder. And I think I've probably mentioned this to you before, and I know a lot of people do this, but um, just putting um, my, my own name into this verse as I read it, you know, um, saying that um, Stephen shows love. And there's other verses that it works better with, but... Um, saying Stephen has joy, Stephen knows peace, Stephen is long-suffering, Stephen is faithful, Stephen has self-control. You know, it's almost a little bit of a psychological thing, um, but at the same point uh, in time, it reminds me that I need to be aware. And that's the biggest thing is, is just you get down into the trenches and your awareness goes away and you're just focused on your tasks, you're just focused on making it. And that's where I feel like verses like this one help to bring you back to it and say, okay, well, and then eventually I think maybe John, I don't know, but at some point, you know, these things start to become more natural. Um, and so you still have to be aware, but you start to have these fruits in your life and people will start to notice and your decision-making lens will be through this. And so that's kind of why I just, I was thinking about, you know, which verse would I like to talk about with you? And this is, this just came to me. I mean, it's a fairly well-known verse, but it just came, came to me really. I was like, I got it. So. Mm. Steven, this has been a joy, man. It was a, a great, great having you on. I'm thankful for all you do for me personally, for us organizationally, and obviously all you do for your wife and children there. And thanks for the thoughts you shared and have a Merry Christmas and an awesome weekend, man. Thanks, John. It's felt just like a conversation, like we were hanging out. So appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, buddy. All right, man. Just so much good stuff there as, as I was kind of reflecting. Um, 
I didn't get to talk about it, but I, I wanted to touch on what he talked about at the end when he what he would tell his younger self. He talked about getting in a rhythm of life and he talked about being more intentional of who he's spending time with. But one key thing is Stephen now finds himself in a position of leadership or influence responsible for the development and the management of other people. And he talked about, I wish I would have spent more time preparing to be in that type of role as opposed to almost learning it on the job. And I have the opportunity to witness Stephen um, in that role, and he does some fantastic things. But it's an, an interesting concept that if we apply in our own lives is looking out, maybe where where do we see God maybe leading us? And maybe if you can't even see it, just starting the preparations now. I thought that was really fascinating of what he would have told his younger self. Um, we talked about Stephen having a boring testimony. I'm going to dispel that myth right now. I think any testimony is powerful. And I think there's probably a lot of things um, where we just need to not put down this concept of being, you know, living a, a, a righteous life from a young age. I think we make the mistake of putting these testimonies up on pedestals when in fact, um, some of the most beautiful things that you can do is, is be righteous from a young age and not be struggling with some of the consequences because sin has consequences. It has since the beginning, since the fall. You read all across the book of Psalms. You take a look at, at different people's lives and the decisions they've made, and sin has consequences. And the earlier that we can try to avoid those decisions that are made, we don't have to deal with the lifelong consequences. Um, so I thought that was really great. He, he brought up this book that he's reading called Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Will Radically Transform Your Family. I can't remember the author, but thankfully in 2020, you can type that into any search engine and that will get pulled up. But he got recommended that book. Uh, from one of his peers that he's a part of, one of the CBMC Young Professional teams. And I think that just speaks volumes about when you surround yourself with people who are in similar stages of life to you, they can give you resources and guidance and encouragement that will help you flourish in whatever season of life you found yourself in. He talked about this concept of stewarding his children. Um, he talked about this concept that he's learned from this book that he read about physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental bodies and how you must exercise each of them. That's a huge concept, exercising each one of those areas um, of our life. And then from a professional standpoint, he talked about data. Know your customer. And then taking that data and turning it into actionable insight. And then finally, we close with the fruits of the spirit. And if there's something that we can study, what a great thing to study. Do you not want your life to be exhibiting love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control? Isn't that what we all want? We all want our lives to be demonstrated by those things, but the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. And so how do you let the Holy Spirit live in you be filled with that and let it live through you to demonstrate those beautiful, beautiful fruits that are present in our lives. Um, so if you are interested in getting connected to one of those teams that Stephen talked about or to a mentorship relationship, as Stephen referenced the importance of those, you can visit ycbguy.com, Y is in young, C is in Christian, B is in business guy, G-U-Y.com. Fill out your information and we will get you connected to a one-to-one -one mentorship relationship, a monthly young professional team. You can join our weekly national call we have for young Christian business guys, or there's a box there that says, I want to learn more about what it means to be a Christian. If you want to even process what this even means, if you just want to understand, if you want to have a deeper discussion, we're prepared to have those discussions and help you process through that 
So thanks for tuning in to uh, the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. I am John Harrison, your host. Remember, stay on purpose, and we'll see you next time. Take care.